I get in my own way and am to blame more than anybody else that I can point to. And so um, that, that challenge comes to us. <clears throat> we, we looked at wisdom and we, uh, in Proverbs and we said it starts with um, respect for God and honoring God. And we need to, to keep that in mind. For our young people, for our children, you've been taught to honor God and to uh, respect him. Don't go away from that. Stay in that. Stay right there and follow what God has, has laid out for you. And the Bible says it will be well with you. That's a principle, um, a principle um, that God says when you follow his ways, um, things are just so much easier. That doesn't mean everything's going to be great and you won't have any problems at all. Because you're going to have difficulties following God's way. Um, Satan is going to bring challenges in your life. But he's saying things will be well with you. Um, and uh, so <clears throat> that's the principle that God would have us to share. I want to just take a moment for any questions or comments before I th- turn things over to the next part of our, um, our study, uh, <clears throat> our meditation time. Wisdom, that topic of wisdom. That we, in fact, on Sunday morning, we've been talking about understanding God's purpose in our lives. We use the example of Moses and wrestling to find what God wanted him to do. Any questions, any comments on that before uh, we move on in our service? Any, anything that you're wrestling with or you know others may be wrestling with that they need to, to, uh, to, to speak to? Exactly. We can't make people listen. <laughs> um, we, we really can't. We can, I, I mean, as parents, I think um, we don't force our children. We can't physically force them to do right, but we can make consequences so they see the benefit of doing right and see the, the, uh, um, the punishment in doing wrong that it's not worth it. Um, so, but yeah, ultimately God has to change that heart. And we recognize that. So you're right. We have to remember ourselves. Well, we were once hard-headed <laughs> and not going in God's direction. Regardless of, of how you came to know Christ, there was a point in your life. Now, I came to know Christ at an early age. But I can look back and say, boy, was I hard-headed. Um, before I knew Christ and even after I came into a relationship with Christ, there's some things that, that God had to show me about myself that I had to recognize and I had to admit and I had to be humble too. Um, and so we, we, we give that patience and that forbearance with others as they um, struggle. And even if they never turn, we basically are saying, 
I have told you, I've shared with you, I've given you that opportunity. Now you have to be accountable to God for that decision that you make. All right, let me turn things over then to, to our, our uh, meditation time. And Elder Brian. Good evening, saints. As we've been meditating through the Gospel of John, we got to remind ourselves that the book is about believing in Jesus Christ. And we saw in chapter 1 that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us so that we could see him and believe him. We saw that John pointed out to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. We saw in chapter 2 that Jesus' mother wanted Jesus to be, prove himself to others. But Jesus kept some of his power private so that only his disciples could see And so it challenged us because Jesus is our Savior, but he doesn't show his powers in ways that always vindicate us. Chapter 3, we saw that Nicodemus came Jesus really challenged him and he challenged him in a, such a way that we learn that believing sometimes takes humility and admitting that we don't know chapter 4 he reached out to the Samaritan woman and he reaches out to this lady who is in a group that he wouldn't normally talk to but she had to remove the obstacles of her own religion and her own lust and her own past see who Jesus really was. In chapter 5, a man is seeking to be healed by his own superstitions. He doesn't even have the power to get into the pool by which he thinks an angel will touch the surface of the pool and he'll be healed because he's paralyzed. So he can't even do what he wants to do. Who knows if what he believed was even true. But Jesus moves past those superstitions and saves that man. Chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000. And in feeding them, many people believe in Jesus just so they can be fed. But when Jesus feeds them a difficult truth, they leave. Because believing in Jesus is not easy. Chapter 7 and 8 challenges the Jews at the feast. And he proves that to believe in him, that to see him for who he is and the works that establish who he is, and not put your own righteousness first. We saw in chapter 9 that if we are to believe in Jesus, we have to be willing to be humbled by Jesus. He spit on the ground and touched a man's eyes. That man came back seeing, even though he was humiliated by Jesus. But many people didn't want to be touched by Jesus, and they left that chapter, they were still blind. And then in chapter 10, we saw that Jesus is the good shepherd. We didn't go to the end part of chapter 10. I'm going to move into chapter 11 today. So let's look at chapter 11. We'll just read the first 16 verses. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, 
the village of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters said to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in that day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death. They thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. This passage is about believing. Let's just ask a few questions just looking at these 16 verses. First question. heard that Lazarus is ill he said his illness does not lead to death why Michelle said was was a was a correct right. They didn't know the truth of what was going to happen at that point. It was uncertain what was going to happen to Lazarus, right? We can see that from the text. He hadn't died yet. Lazarus, whom you love, is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, "The illness does not lead to death. For it is the glory of God." What is death?
Adam and Eve sinned. That's certainly true. Adam and Eve sinned, so what do we do? We also sin. Because we sin, we also die. So we can all say we die because of our own sins. So Lazarus is going to die. But Jesus said, this is going to lead to the glory of God. What is resurrection? What is a resurrection point? If death points towards sin, then where does life point? Life points to God, right? And his glory. So then the next part, it says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus ill, he stayed two more days. Does that make sense to you? And how do you make sense of that? How did that make sense to you? If Lazarus knew, if Jesus knew Lazarus was sick, he still stayed two more days. How is that loving? saying humanly speaking or from a human perspective and you guys are not wrong when you say that so then let's just think about Jesus Jesus is not just human he's also does God do things that we don't understand how often all the time how many times does God let us suffer sometimes it happens all the time now we see God in the flesh and we think it's strange, but is it really that strange? How many people have suffered and they say, well, God, you could have saved me two days ago. Could God have saved you two days ago? The answer is yes. That's where the passage becomes a little bit hard, right? We're sitting there and we actually see what God does and we see how he looks when he does it, right? It's one thing if we see what God does and we just be like, he's not answering my prayer. But then he does answer it later. But we say, well, God, how come you didn't answer it when I first prayed? And then we have to ask ourselves, why didn't he answer it when I first prayed? Now, we know the outcome of the story, right? 
So we know that Lazarus is going to be resurrected and that that life is going to bring glory to God. But it's a struggle for us to understand that God wanted Lazarus to suffer and die. And we can look at lots of other scriptural examples like that too, where we can look and we can say in Acts, the book of Acts, James and Peter were both going to be both targets. James died. Then the church made prayer for Peter. And Peter got out. Did Jesus love James less than Peter? I don't think so. I mean, you could make an argument that James and Peter were both in the most inner circle of Jesus. Jesus had an inner circle. And that inner circle was Peter, James, and John. And it's almost always mentioned in that order. So James was extremely important. He was an apostle, first apostle to die. So what's the deal with letting him die and getting Peter off? But then on the other hand, let's look at Peter's life. Did Peter always get off? Because how did he die? You think people weren't praying for him when he was going to be crucified upside down? Yes, they were. So let's just think about it in another way and say this. Is it not to our glory for our lives to be used for God's purpose, no matter how they are used? That's hard. Because he might use us in ways that we might not prefer. Right? So when he healed my Aunt Mickey, well, why does she have to go through cancer treatments first? Maybe Aunt Mickey give an answer to that, but I'm sure she was hoping that he would have healed her even earlier. But he still made her go through having cancer. And we all had to go through, and she had to go through even more, the thought that she could die. Right? Same with my mother. Right? Same with many others in here. And we all can think about things like that that has happened to us. And I think the question that we have to ask is, what fruit is God trying to get out of our lives by making us go through what we went I think the first 16 verses is less about resurrection and more about the will of God. Because he says, I'm going to Judea. They said, don't go to Judea. The Jews are going to kill you. He said, no. got to walk in mean by walking in the light? I gotta walk in God's will. And when I walk in God's will, Satan can't stop me. And I'm walking in the light. It doesn't mean you won't face trouble. It just means whatever trouble you have is appointed to you by God. And you will accomplish his will as you stay in his light. It won't be easy. But it will be worthwhile. Amen. everybody let's do prayer requests Jada Aaron
we have an update on what's going on. I just saw the Facebook thing, and I, 